What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Together, we can make your blonde blonde. Sheer Blonde Go Blonder Collection by John Frieda lightens and brightens hair two full shades to give you your best blonde every day. Hair Talks. Make your statement with Sheer Blonde Go Blonder Collection only from John Frieda. Big Mo on here. The new Smokehouse Pizza from Little Caesars is certified smokeified. Eight-hour smoked brisket, certified beefified. Ten-hour smoked pulled pork, certified hogified. Applewood smoked bacon, certified baconified. And the Smokehouse Seasoned Crust and Tangy Barbecue Sauce, certified smokeified. And what's better than three smoked meats on one pizza? This certifiable price. The new Smokehouse Pizza from Little Caesars is only nine bucks. Pizza, pizza. At participating locations plus tax. What's up, guys? Rocket Nation Hoops Podcast. My name is Saul Marnoli at Red Nation Hoops on Twitter. You're joined by Paul at Rocket Intellect on Twitter. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. Also joined by Forrest Walker at Do Nots on Twitter. How you doing, man? Feeling fine. So it's been 11 days since we last recorded, and a lot's happened. Uh, the Rockets are five and two since we last recorded, and they're currently on a four-game winning streak. Before we get to all that, let's get to some news. Uh, so the what happened the day after we recorded was um, Clint Capella's. I mean, the news came out of Clint Capella's injury, so he. Uh, I, I think he broke his fibula. I, if I'm not, if not, if I'm not mistaken, and at that time he was um, diagnosed to be out four to six weeks. So at the, at this time, it's about we're roughly two weeks in. So he's he should be back in about a month. Um, I think that's huge. Uh, I and uh, this is something I talked about on Twitter. I, I think Clint Capella's like the second most important player on the team, if not second, probably third uh, behind Eric Gordon. Uh, I just think he's so critical to what the Rockets do on offense. Uh, and the Rockets don't have anybody who, 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 like what that can do what he can do on defense. Like The Rockets struggle rebounding without Clint Capella. The Rockets struggle uh, rim protection without Clint Capella. They struggle in a lot of different areas. Everybody has to kind of play as a team when he's out. And... I just think there's nobody on the roster that can replace him. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, there's uh, a reason they lost two games. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Capella is pretty important. But uh, but I also think at the same time, Trez has done a little bit better than expected. He can't rebound at all, which is has been sorely missed for Capella. But other <laughs> than that, uh, I think he's filled in the role uh, threat pretty well. Uh, even though Capella is probably a better one because he can catch lobs in the half court, something uh, Harrell can't really do at this point. Uh, but the schedule is pretty soft uh, until 
Capella gets back, so it's definitely manageable at this point, I think, especially with the Rockets like not dropping any bad games recently. I think they can handle it, even though he is clearly missed. Yeah, I'm just going over the schedule now, and it's, yeah. Let's see, let's go over the next few. We have Wizards, Thunder, Magic, Raptors, that, that'll be tough. Uh, Hornets, Wolves, Grizzlies, Nets, Heat, Bucks, Warriors, Grizzlies, Bucks, Celtics, Sixers, Pacers, Kings, Hawks, Bulls. That's January. So, yeah, that's that, that's a pretty winnable schedule for the most part, uh, assuming that they, you know, he's, he's on schedule, anywhere close to it. Yeah, um, my biggest thing is like, man, like these past few games, like again, like I've said, they're four and two since since we last recorded. But I mean, and that was uh, since Clint Capella's injury too. But I mean, they're winning these games in ways that they didn't win games before. Um, and what I mean by that is like James Harden and all the guards basically have to chip in a lot on rebounding, uh, and these guys have to shoot a lot with with a, with a less of a road threat as they did with Capella. And I think these guys are getting more attention. They're getting uh, harder closeouts because nobody has to worry about Clint Capella rolling down the lane. Uh, Harrell's been good, and you're right. Uh, I think you made a good point there. Harrell has done a better job than expected at filling in that role. I still think he's no Clint Capella. And uh, and rebounding-wise, like the last night against the Knicks, like James Harden doesn't have that ridiculous game if Montrez Harrell is in the game with him like most of the time, right? Like and that's a, that's a, yeah. that's a dirty little secret about that game is you know James Harden gets full credit for what he did last night but I mean Montrez Harrell gets a little bit of credit too because he can't rebound for crap right and <laughs> and that's why he had to go and grab sixteen or seventeen rebounds or whatever he had last night and that's why like guards like Beverly Gordon like everybody has to come in and and you know crash the glass and I don't think they had to do that before I, I mean Clint Capella was just so much more reliable than that. And that's why the Rockets are in, a mar- in the market for another big man. Um, Mark Stein reported it a couple of days ago uh, at the time of this recording. So uh, Coast- the Rockets are chasing apparently Costa Kufis uh, from the Sacramento Kings. And uh, a- according to Zach Lowe, they're dangling that Corey Brewer contract, which made me really excited. But I mean, uh, it looks like they're going to they're gonna have to throw in a little bit more than that because that's not going to gain any traction in <laughs> trades. Um, they're probably going to have to throw in uh, perhaps a second round pick. Um, maybe KJ McDaniel's. They're gonna they're gonna have to sweeten the pie a little bit if they're gonna if they want to get it if they want to move that Corey Brewer contract. Um, but that's apparently what they're doing. They're 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 clearly in the market for a, a long term option at that center position uh, until Clint Capella comes back. And to be honest, I think they need a better backup center. Um, like I, like even with uh, Clint Capella out, I think the the fact that the Rockets have struggled this hard on the board since he's been out, I, I think that's that's really key. I I think that's important. I think that's something you know you should try targeting a guy that can start in a pinch if something like this ever happens. And I don't. And while Nene, it, it looked like he could have been that guy. I don't think he is anymore. Like he can't start games as well as he used to anymore. And uh, and Nene's been good. I don't I don't want to turn this into another Nene bashing <laughs> session, but. He, he's just not the same guy anymore. He can't start in a pinch anymore. And a guy like Costa Kufis can do that. And he's on a long-term deal. Uh, he's going to get paid this year, next year, and the year after that is a player option, so he can opt out of that contract. But that's a good deal. It's $8 million a year. That That's pretty much average for a backup center. And um, in this market, I think that's a really nice contract to go out and try and chase. Uh, what would you guys think of that? Okay, I want to... I wanna 
bust out some some conceptual math for us right now. Uh, so what is Corey Brewer currently adding to the team? Nothing. <laughs> nothing. He's adding nothing. He's currently adding salary to the team. Yeah. Uh, so while he's, I love Corey Brewer. I love watching him play, but I hate watching what his play does. Uh, so, <laughs> so you hate watching him play. That, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So moving that contract would be a net gain for the Rockets, both because he would that would not hurt their on-court presence at all, and it would help their books somewhat too. Costa uh, Kufus is great. I think he's a great fit for the team. Uh, he fits their needs exactly uh he's doubtful to want to be like full-time starter or something like he's good he's he's bench quality right he's like high quality bench quality sometimes you get guys that are too good and want them to, and want them to be on the bench it's a problem but i think he'd fit right in uh so that that'd be a net gain for the team as well so of course you know paying like some like a draft pick or two like a second round pick or something would be i think a great deal for the a series of improvements to the team. Uh, I think it would be fantastic, and the Kings are right to want more for him in that trade. Yeah, but it's the Kings. They, they, they really don't have any leverage. Uh, the Rockets should go ahead and try bullying him. They should try trading Corey Brewer to the Kings. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, like, like when you're an incompetent organization, I mean, sorry, this stuff happens. When you have Vladi Divac running your, your front office, you're going to get bullied in trades constantly, and that's happened to... For the Kings, ever since Vladi did it, if you if you bully them too hard, they're not going to trade with you again later. And if there's one thing the Rockets do, it's swindle the Kings over and over. <laughs> I mean, but that's what smart organizations do, right? I mean, that's what they. I mean, I, do you remember? I can't remember if it was uh, last summer or the summer before that. The the, the Kings inexplicably tried to clear cap space, and I think they gave up a couple second round picks in the process or something like that. Like they do these stupid things, right? Like do they do this stuff to themselves, right? And like I mean, if you're a team like the Rockets, and if you're a team like uh, I don't know the Sixers, like this is what this is what you got to take advantage of. Um, I, I don't feel ba- I don't feel any sympathy towards the Kings. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> I feel sympathy towards Boogie Cousins a little bit, a little. I feel bit. sympathy towards. Corey Brewer. <laughs> imagine uh, if you're Corey Brewer, what do you do? <laughs> I mean, like, imagine he woke up like that morning and he saw that his contract isn't gaining any traction. Like, how do you feel as an NBA player? Like, your con, your your contract that's being uh, openly traded and no one's uh, no one's seemingly wanting to you know try and attain it. I mean, that's got to feel so bad for you. But I mean, I, I really don't care. Honestly, I'm that cold hearted. I just, <laughs> I just, I, I don't think, I don't think i don't care much for his contract or his play uh, but as far as trading with the kings i i think i think this is kind of exactly what you wanted right for, out of a big man for, uh you wanted somebody uh you you described him right a high quality uh, bench player like that's why i didn't really like the nerlens noel uh rumors right that i mean not rumors like there's just talk amongst rockets fans right I, I didn't like the speculation that was going on about Nerlens Noel because he's a he's somebody who definitely wants to start. I mean, you've seen it from his public comments. He's somebody who um, he's he complained about getting eight minutes a game, and if he's going if he's complaining about that, I mean, he's gonna get what like maybe five more minutes per game when Clint Capella comes back. I mean, that's exactly what's gonna happen, and because Clint Capella, as of right now, he's the more proven talent. So I mean. This is kind of what you have to go after. You have to like I threw out a Salah Mejri uh, tr- uh, trade proposal amongst Rockets fans, and I-, I think that's kind of exactly who you want, right? Like somebody who can just go for just like 
five or ten games uh, if you need him to be if Capella ever goes down. Grab some boards, somebody who's athletic enough to do things uh, in the pick and roll, and somebody who you know just fits well uh, in the system. And I, I think it's fine, right? Like you don't really need to go after any big names. And I think the Rockets are doing the right thing here. Even if Clint Capella wasn't injured, I think like there's uncertainty with Nene. I mean, he's a free agent next summer. He's on a minimum deal. He's on a one-year minimum deal. So he, there's a chance he leaves next summer. And if you, if he leaves, you're stuck in the wind without a, without a backup center. And that's not a place you want to be in. So, I mean, going after Costa Kufis, whether Capella is healthy or not, I think it's the right move because you need to lock up something in that center position for the next for the next couple of years. And that's what, you know, Maury does, right? Like he finds these guys um on reasonable deals and he he plugs and he plugs them in and they usually work. And I think this is kind of um I, I think it's a win win. Um not necessarily for the Kings, but I think it's a win win for the Rockets. <laughs> um if I I I think they're probably going to end up giving probably like a second round pick or Harrell or something like that in the in the deal because uh, I, I I think the Kings uh you know I, we joke a lot about their competence I I don't think they're that stupid like I I think uh anybody with eyes knows that Corey Brewer isn't good at basketball and he isn't worth that contract so I'm pretty sure um he's probably they're probably gonna have to give a little bit more than that I'm I'm concerned about you suggesting trading Harrell for Costa Kufis. <laughs> I'm not that big on Harrow. I, I mean, like, I think he's fine. Like, I, I think he's like a nice energy off the energy big off the off the bench. Like the rebounding and the defense. Like he's just not. I know he's young. Like he's 22, right? Like, and he, he has time to learn these things. But rebounding generally doesn't improve as your career goes along. And like this guy can't grab rebounds, and that's really important in any big man position. And he's gonna have to play uh, center because he can't stretch the floor yet. And he's 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 at the power at the power forward position, I mean, he's just not going to right. It's but not he's work. also good at everything else. So, I mean, yeah, that's a pretty good thing to be to be good at everything else. <laughs> I would be. I agree. I'd be loath to give up a uh, Harold unless you absolutely have to because he's turning out to be a really nice asset. And I think uh, even from a very cynical point of view, his stock is going to rise for a while. So if you but are going to flip, you can get better return. Yeah, you're. I mean, you don't you you won't have to give up Harold for Kufis. <laughs> I mean, like, okay. that's he's got like the highest net rating on the team. The Rockets are playing very good defense with him on the floor. I have a problem with his rebounding, and it irks me. But he's also like an awesome pick and roll guy. Like he's averaging like twenty points per thirty six or something like that with like two blocks. I'm I not think someone like about that. Yeah, I think KJ McDaniels is at like a suitable place. Unfortunately for him, he hasn't been getting a lot of burn, but he's still a promising young player. Uh, the kind of guy that honestly Sacramento should be picking up. They need players like that who are athletic and young and play good defense and can be molded into something better. Uh, well, so, and, and this is something I want to ask you guys: Is KJ good? Like, because like this is the second coaching staff we've we've had with KJ McDaniel's that he hasn't played on. Like, what's going on? Like, is is he just not, not as good as we thought he was? Um, and I, and I, this is some, coming from somebody who was really high on KJ, but I mean. Every coaching staff he seems to go through, he doesn't get minutes. And I, I don't know what it is. I mean, Corey Brewer's getting minutes over him. And 
um, I mean, if that's if that's the case, I mean, you're in a really concerning position. I mean, I, I I don't know what's going on. Like, is like is there something I'm not seeing? Like, I get he's he doesn't have the fundamentals of of perimeter defense down, right? Like, he's not really great off the ball. He has a lot of things to learn. Uh, he's not a good three point shooter, but he's really athletic and he makes some th- he he makes things work. And I, I I don't get like is he just not good? Am I missing something with KJ? I think it's a matter of fit, to be honest. Like, I think he's at a place where other dudes are ahead of him in rotation. He doesn't shoot well enough to really work with what D'Antoni and Arden and the Rockets are trying to do. But, I mean, Corey Brewer is playing ahead of him. Like, Corey Brewer is one of the yeah, worst but, three-point shooters in NBA history. I mean, that's not yeah, exactly. but Corey Brewer is Coach Catnip. He's, that's, just, like, that's just a thing with Corey Brewer. Guys like that who are all hustle and energy and stuff. Like, and Corey Brewer will shoot. Like, he shoots a lot of threes, which a lot of times guys just like like i i think that kj still has a chance to be really good i don't know if he's good right now but i think he could be and i think that's what matters sure i i, I mean like that's just something i i'm i'm stumped as to why he's not playing um and i i, I like what i suggested earlier like as soon as cory brewer gets traded i think he'd slide into the rotation i'm not sure if that's the case anymore because i just I don't know, man. Every coaching staff he goes on, like I just, I just don't know why he doesn't play. Um, he played played well in the beginning of the season. He played well in preseason, and then he just inexplicably fell out of the lineup. Is it an attitude problem, or is he just not good? Like I don't know. Um, so again, let's just let's talk about the positive now. The Rockets are five and two since we last recorded, and they're winning these games. Um, through the skin of their teeth a lot of times but I mean they're blowing team they're blowing the bad teams out and I think that's important I I, I think it's important if you can go out, go into Phoenix um and blow them out and like that's a sign of a really really good basketball team there's their advanced statistics are keep, they they're on the uprise um as we said like they're third in offensive rating they're 17th in defense which is which is solid and I I they're like fifth in net rating and I think that's climbing at the moment so I mean that's a bona fide title contender, and they're right now they're third in the they're they're third in the West right now, and they're a game and a half behind the Spurs. They have a solid four and a half game lead against everybody that's tied for fifth for fourth in the West. So I mean, like, like, are you guys surprised at all at, at how well they're playing right now? Uh, I mean, I didn't expect they'd be this good before the season, but. After the first month of the season, this is not super surprising. They're just good. They're just really good. Uh, it's too bad there's like a Galactus out there to that everyone's got to deal with at the end of the season. But uh, yeah, in a normal year, this is definitely a contending team. As much as it's gonna, <laughs> Paul, I think yeah, you you caught some flack for saying this, but it's true. It's absolutely true. They they should be a contender. There's just a stupid superhero team out there. Yeah, like, and I think that's correct. Like, I, I right, like, if if it weren't for Golden State, we, this this would be the team to, I guess, everybody stacks up against, right? Like, and uh, I guess you can throw in the Spurs if you're really confident about the Spurs. I'm not that high on them this year, um, but yeah, I, I I think if in any other year, this would be the team in the West to to be favored to come out. And you have this juggernaut in the Warriors um, that's you know really historically abnormal, right? Like they have a point differential of 432. Uh, and the second, the, the second team, uh, I think it's like the Raptors. No, no, it's the Rockets. The second, the second best team in point differential is the Rockets um, in terms of just pure differential. So I mean, and that, and that's at two hundred seventy three. So there's a two hundred point, Lord. there's a two hundred point gap between the Rockets and the Warriors, and it's insane. I got, I, this is a really an abnormal year, obviously, and we've mentioned that before. Um, but yeah, I think. I mean, like, and this is something I was talking to Chris Axman on the Almighty Bond podcast uh, 
podcast about, and he he asked me like like why, why aren't you that high on them getting to the conference finals? And I, I'm and like originally it's just like I'm not sure if they can beat the Clippers. Like I and I want to ask you guys like do you guys think they match up well with the Clippers and do you think they can get to the conference finals this year? Hi, this is Maury Moreland Morrison here to tell you Geico has more than just great savings, much more. Geico's been around for more than seventy five years. Back when they were using Morse code. Sorry, that's just my sense of humor. What's more, with Geico, you get 24-7 access to licensed agents on the app, online, or over the phone, so you can talk to them at night or in the morning. So forevermore, just know that no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. More power to you. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. Well, they match up well enough. <laughs> like, they, like I, I think that I would put the Rockets like on even footing pretty much with the Spurs of the Clippers. Uh, I mean, if the Clippers are horribly injured, then yeah, you got to favor Houston. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. It's too early to say like where it's going to shake out at time, but they're definitely in that tier. Same with like the Raptors. The Cavs, I think, are kind of sandbagging it a little bit. And that's sort of the most confounding thing right now for seeing how good teams are, because I think the Cavs are better than they're playing. But how much better is like impossible to tell until they turn it on in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, like... I mean, that Christmas Day game against the Warriors told us everything, right? They're holding back like crazy, right? They're much better defensively than what they're doing, uh, you know, on a day-to-day basis. That's because they don't have to be that great defensively. They don't have to give that effort. They play in the Eastern Conference, and I mean, no offense to the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference is bad, and every year we do this thing where we I mean, hide some offense. No, it's bad. I mean, every year we do this thing where we pretend like the Eastern Conference is good. I mean, outside of the Cavs and the Raptors <laughs> and, and and maybe Charlotte, like every it's bad. Like this, that's the only bona fide contender in that conference, and they don't have to try on a day to day basis. Like I mean, like think about the Pistons, right? The P- Pistons was a team that a lot of people were high on uh, going into the season, and they are. 11th in the conference, right? Like, there's all this kind of crap going on with the, with the East, right? And, like, like the Wizards are on a hot streak, and guess what their record is? They're 500. They're 16 and 16, <laughs> right? And they're 6th in the, in, the, in the conference. Like, that conference is just bad. Like, and so the Cavs don't have to try as hard to be that good defensively. So it's really hard to, I guess, evaluate them at their peak levels. Um, and so I guess the only real team that's playing at their full, uh, you know, to their full potential is, I guess, the Warriors. And I think they have another gear, too, that we haven't seen yet because they still haven't fully integrated Steph uh, into the new, into to their new offense right with with Durant so I mean yeah like it, it, a lot of this is hard to judge to tell to judge right and I think the Rockets are in a unique situation in that I think they are playing at their full potential um and this is where I got into really argument a really big argument with Chris about like I, I don't think the Rockets can play much better than this and that's not a that's not a, like a a diss to the Rockets the Rockets are playing really well but I'm saying like in the playoffs I, I don't think they can turn it up another notch what do you guys think well, I don't know if they, I don't know if most teams really do that. Like, I think that's less common than people act like it is. I mean, like, the Spurs don't really do that, and they've won five championships. So, uh, I think it's really just like LeBron teams that kind of have this, this situation going on. I think the Rockets could improve on defense a bit, especially when Capella gets back, like, tighten up their rotations a little and stuff. And we'll see. Like, playoff defense is different from regular season defense to yeah. some degree. Not yeah, a ton but, degree, but some. But sure. But so even then, we're, we're playing on the margins then, though, right? Like, we're, we're talking about rotational stuff and small adjustments. I mean, at, at the same, at the end of the day, it's still basically the same team. Right. But, that, but that's. That's where most like uh, that's where a lot of the difference is in the playoffs. Like the Thunder became last year became yeah, exactly this, 
became this great team that uh, that uh, challenged the Warriors all because Billy Donovan shortened his rotation and they they also kicked their defense up a notch. But a lot of it was the shortened rotation. So stuff like not playing Corey Brewer or something will <laughs> make a difference eventually. I don't think that they have a gear. Uh, they have like an extra gear uh, necessarily, but like Forrest said, uh, there's not really a lot of teams that I feel like do have an extra gear other than like the Warriors and the Cavs, maybe the Clippers, but I don't think the Clippers top gear is good enough for the Rockets to be that worried about it. Uh, so I see no reason why they can't make like the Western Conference Finals. The Spurs certainly don't have that gear. They have not had that for years, like he, like he said. So I, I'm not that worried about it. And and, and I'm bullish on the Clippers. Like I, 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 what they did at the beginning of the season. Granted, it was the beginning of the season. It was only like a, a 16 game stretch. Like that showed me they have an extra gear, right? Like when they're playing at at peak levels, like defensively and offensively, like. Like there's few teams better than them, right? And that, and that's that's where I that's where I kind of I kind of disagree with you guys. Like I, I think like defensively, like yes, the Cavs can kick it up a notch, and yes, the Warriors can kick it up a notch, and I don't think the Rockets can. Um, and I, right. I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to be a hater. Like I'm, I'm this is me trying to be as as objective as I possibly can. Like like okay, point blank, do you guys think this is a conference finalist? Like, like would you favor them against the Clippers? I guess I wouldn't favor them, but I would give them like a. 45% chance or something like that. Yeah, I'm kind of at like without further evidence. I don't really know what to do with it other than say it's like a like a pick 'em between them and the Clippers and the Spurs to be honest. Like I think they're all pretty much in the same place, so avoid the 4 seed and maybe something cool's going to happen. But like you to go back to your point about like, oh, they look how well they played at the beginning that you didn't if we want to look at how well like a certain pl- team plays for a certain period of time, but that's 16 you can games. say that anyone, right. The rocket, the rockets have like the first, uh, the number one offense and the number six defense for like, a, how many games have they played in December? Yeah, <laughs> sure. But I mean, I mean like the, like the, the, we've done studies on this, right? Like the, the beginning of the season is like, that's where, that's where playoff teams are made, right? Like th- that's where like the deciding factors, like that's where every predictability is like the first 20 games. You can figure out most of what you need to know from those first 20 games. And the Clippers performed amazing in those first 20 games and, and they've been rocked with these injuries. Right. And I think, I think the Clippers, like I, I think when they're at full health and when they're fully clicking, I just think they're better. And, and it really frustrated. Okay. It really frustrated me that we couldn't see this um, on December thirtieth because, like, I really wanted to see that matchup against the Clippers because I because I really wanted to see like how you know the, you know the intricacies in that matchup. Yeah, um, like both full strength. Yeah, yeah. Like I really wanted to see it. It, it really pissed me off. Like, and sure, you got the Rockets got an easy win out of that, right? But I mean, it, it would have been really nice to see what they can do against a team like that, right? And um, the, the, this is where like we just kind of have to wait, right? And and as of right now, like I I'm I'm with you, Paul. I think forty five percent is a pretty good chance, right, to, uh, against the Clippers. I th- and once you get to those margins, I think you ha- you're right there, right? You're right there. Like there's no excuse why you can't compete with them and make it like a six or seven game series, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna surprise you here by saying something uh, weirdly positive, which is that. Uh, I think your argument about the Clippers is more or less correct, but I think it applies to Houston too. 
once they got Patrick Beverly back and the whole team was healthy, they just started kicking the hell out of everybody. Uh, so it's, I don't know. It's, it, I think there really isn't, it's, it's a sample size is small and I can't really say for sure, which these teams are better. The Clippers. Yeah. I, I think like 65, 45 is like, you know, or 55, 45 is not a, is not a reasonable at all, but I, like I said, I think it's basically a pick em unless we see some like some real changes, and I don't think we're going to. I think it's just going to be a really drag-out, nasty fight between these top teams in the Western Conference. We're 25 minutes into the podcast, and we haven't discussed what James Harden did last night, <laughs> and uh, I'm really disappointed in myself. Because we're spoiled! <laughs> and I'm really disappointed in myself for waiting this long. I mean, James Harden, I mean, that was one of the greatest games, the, the greatest individual performances of all time. And that's not like an aberration. Like, it's not like an overstatement. That's exactly what happened last night. James Harden, 53 points, 16 rebounds, 17 assists, 14 for 26 shooting, 9 for 16 beyond the three-point line. That was, like, it was a video game-like numbers. And watching it in real life, I couldn't believe what was happening because he kept it going. And, like, by the fourth quarter, I'm like, all right, there's there's no way he's going to get 50, right? Like, he looked so gassed, and he managed to still get to the free-throw line and get get those threes up at the end and, um, and find Ryan Anderson for some easy buckets down the stretch. I mean... James Harden is playing like, especially these past couple of games. Like he's picked it up a stretch. Like he was off for uh, the beginning of the month of de- December, and now he's sort of picked it up. Like he's gaining steam in that MVP conversation. Um, if okay, if MVP race ends right now, who's your MVP? Like who would win it, or who would I pick? Both. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think the answer to both is, in fact, James Harden at this moment. But like, oh wow two days ago i'm not sure what it was <laughs> for what it's worth what about you paul yeah yeah i think uh i think that people would lean towards james like at this very moment because i think people are uh uh people's opinions on the mvp especially when it's close uh their opinions tend to be fickle yeah like, the there's a the lot moment. of yeah yeah uh yeah. exactly and uh, I would give it to Harden. I think he deserves it. Uh, and I also think that they would pick him. But before this game, would have said they're giving it to Russ at this point. And that's unfortunate, right? Because this award is drawn a lot through recency bias, right? Uh, what you've seen last is pretty much what um, what what the voters are going to go on. And these the voters tend to get their their votes in about sixty to seventy games of the season. Like I, I think you'd guys be surprised. Like no, not many voters wait till the eighty two game mark to officially submit their ballots. They're in by like the seventy or, or you know sixty five game game mark. So. Around that stretch, whoever's playing the best, uh, I think is gonna is gonna win the award. And I think a lot of this is like team team success, right? And I I know um you know the Russ supporters are kind of throwing that out the window, right? Like that doesn't matter. That absolutely matters, right? Historically, that absolutely matters. Who, who like team success is pretty key, right? And we've seen this in pretty much the last five years. Like it's been something that's been racked in our heads like constantly, right? Like. Throughout history, there's only been a couple of candidates like outside of the top three teams in their in their respective conference that have won that award, right? And Russ, I mean, to his credit, he's done a good job in bringing the Thunder this far. Uh, they're seventh in the in the Western Conference. Last time I checked, uh, let me check right now. I think they're I like think. fifth or fourth. Yeah, 
It's a real jumble right now. Everyone's moving like, yeah. like every 10 minutes. They're fifth, but they're tied for fourth, right? <laughs> there, there's a huge jumble at the fourth seed. Um, there are one, two, three, four, four teams tied for the fourth seed in the Western Conference right now. Um, they're all eight games behind, behind the third seed. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty competitive out West. But, yeah, I mean, it's 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 going to be tight, right? And a lot of this really depends on how close the Thunder finish towards the top. If they can get that fourth seed, I, I think I think it's fair to have a real conversation between Harden and and what Westbrook, right? Because that's not really that much, right? Uh, in terms of well, uh, unless it is. What do you mean? Like oh, the difference between the fourth seed might be like twelve games or something. Right, but right now it's like four and a half games, right? And so if it ends up being like, I don't know, three or four, I, th- I think it's reasonable to have that discussion because of um, of how how well Russ has played so far, right? And I, and I don't want to take anything away from Russ. Russ has played phenomenal throughout the season, right? I think I just think if you if you value what's historically been done, right, then I think, you know, at least home court advantage should be considered in all this. And I think... If the season ended right now, I'd probably say Harden. But I mean, again, I do have a bias. I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna pretend like I don't. Um, and I think, but at the same time, I, I think the voters are still gonna lean Russ. I think people like Russ more, right? And and that's a seek. That's a sneaky thing that you know nobody ever talks about. Like it's a dirty word, like likability, right? Like that stuff matters in these con. In, in these, you know. And any anything that's determined by voters, right? It's likability is going to be pretty much a huge factor in all this. And I think Harden loses to Russ nine times out of ten. Uh, uh, I think people would like to give it to Russ. Uh, and what you say about like winning numbers do matter, but things only matter as much as the voters decide they matter. <laughs> we should know that very well at this point. That uh, none of this matters. Like if they're just going to do whatever they want to do. If they if they really do think that winning is a big deal, then Harden has a big advantage. If they just want to give it to the guy who's angrier every night of, of the season, <laughs> then Russ has a big advantage. So I don't know. I think that like the buzz for Harden, especially among kind of like the the type of folks who vote for the MVP, is a little more at the moment, uh, except among Chauncey Billups, I guess. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like it's very close. It's really close. And to be honest, I think they've left everyone else behind for the time being. Like. KD, I think, should have a much better case than he does. Yes, yes, but, absolutely. But like, I, I'm with you because Ke- Kevin Durant's been having, like, by efficiency, man, he's had the best season um, out of all three of these guys. And, um, like, like, he's shooting the best from three-point line, from the field. From the field. Um, his team is the best. So, traditionally, if Kevin Durant, like, you know, hadn't left Oklahoma City, he'd be the guy, right? And that's um, that's hurting his chances. And I, I, I think you're right for us. I think Harden and Dur- Harden and uh, Westbrook have separated themselves from the pack. And that's a good thing, right? I mean, if you're a Rockies fan, that's a good thing that your guy is at least in the top two candidates right now. Like, like... like Whichever way you lean, like he's gonna, he's he has to be one of the top two guys you voted for, um, unless you live in Oakland or something like that, and you have a vote. Um, that you know, it's 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 gonna be between these two guys, and I think, you know, I really hate top talking about MVP because this kind of stuff gives me a, a big headache. Like I, every year, like I, I, I hope like it's it's obvious, so I don't really have to talk about it. But I mean, Harden's played well enough to make us have this conversation last night. I mean. It was just like insane. Like, like I, I had to. I was checking the box score constantly. I don't know about you guys. I was, I was checking to see. Like, there's no way he drops fifty tonight, right? And then he dropped fifty tonight. And I was looking at other other numbers. I didn't even notice that he had seventeen assists. 
Like I, I get, that that was just <laughs> that's just something we've come so accustomed to with Harden's game, right? That he he's gonna get a lot of assists. Like my eye, my eyes didn't even notice that he was like, you know, get racking up these assist numbers and the rebound numbers. And so, like, yeah, I mean, that's just. It was, it's 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 going to be fun. It's going to be a fun race. Uh, it's not going to be fun for us because we're going to have to write about it. And I think, uh, <laughs> and it's it's nah, good. that is fun. That's great. Because <laughs> who cares who wins? So just just stop caring who wins, and it's a lot of fun. <sighs> yeah, but and, and it's really hard to separate yourself from that, right? And and that's where that's where um, that's where the frustration comes in, right? Uh, when you're trying to maintain objectivity, and you're tra- and but at the same time, you have a clear opinion who who you want to win one way or the other. Um, as far as like, yeah. So I mean, again, like as far as the MVP race, like, um, I think Harden's definitely in it. Uh, I don't think he'll win it, and I, I disagree with you guys on that. Um, and yeah, I think I think it's gonna be fun to see like towards the end of the season. Again, I think it's gonna be fun to see who's performing better. I mean, for the fans at least, it's gonna be fun to see who's performing better, who's um, you know, whose team's doing better. Like, uh, I'm glad that we're having a season where we're not talking about the Warriors 24 seven, right? And that was what we th- <laughs> that was that was kind of what we expected going into the season, right? It, it was gonna be it was gonna be Warriors and Cavs talk 24 seven, and and yeah, but nobody wants to talk about the Warriors. <laughs> And that <laughs> everyone's avoiding it. It's great. Yeah, it, it, it's it's, and I'm I'm glad honestly because like last year it annoyed the hell out of me how much we talked about the Warriors and it, for good reason. We talked about the Warriors for good reason. They won seventy three <laughs> games, right? Like that, like, and the, that that's something we should talk about. But I'm I'm glad we're not talking about it this year. Um, we're kind of having a break. We get to talk about other stuff. The league, the league is interesting. The league is interesting. It's it's um. Dare I say the most the most interesting it's ever been? Uh, you know, I, I don't I I could care less what Charles Barkley has to say about it, but I I think we're having a good a good time here this season. All right, and that's it for the Red News podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at Red Nation News. Follow Forrest on Twitter at D U N O T S on Twitter. Follow Rocket Intellect, aka Paul, on Twitter. And yeah, guys, good night. Coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.